0: Hey, thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So, Brenda, before we get into all the golf stuff, like I say, you're an Ohio State Buckeye, and, and, and your Buckeyes are 2-0, and ranked number three, Michigan right behind them at number four. Is this the yeah. year that Ohio State runs the table and, and takes down a Georgia or an <laughs> Alabama, most likely in a national championship?
0: You know, I, I was a little nervous watching the Notre Dame game. Um, but you know, it's our first game, our opener, kind of a tough game to to start with. And then, uh, then it, I think when I saw Alabama, I, I think we might, I don't know, I think we might have a chance, but it's so early. You know how this goes. And, um, I don't want to get excited. You, you get excited <laughs> and then you get heartbroken. So it all leads up to that big game, you know, the big Michigan game. So we'll, we'll see.
1: With Mark having played his college golf at the University of Florida, when you've got Ohio State and Florida both playing at the same time, which game are you guys watching, or do you have multiple TVs going? (laughs) Uh,
0: Ohio State would be first. Um, So when we we first started dating, he knew, you know, I'm a huge Ohio State Buckeye, um, and I'm Jewish, and I said, there's there's two things. You know, you you don't have to convert to Judaism, but we need to be married by a rabbi. Um, and you have to convert to uh, Buckeyeism. So, <laughs> uh, he, he obliged. And, um, when we played Florida, this was back when Urban Meyer was actually coaching Florida. Um, yeah, that was a tough game. Um, he actually felt really bad because they beat us. We were in Hawaii and I, I can remember this because we were downstairs there was like a big family area with this giant TV and all the families and kids were there and boy it was uh it was not a, a family event for me I was <laughs> using <laughs> language and, uh so we quickly quickly went back to the hotel room and um you know the the unfortunate that uh we lost Florida one and when we had to go to dinner that night and I said, I, I don't even think I can make myself go to dinner. I literally, how upset I was. I literally grew up. <laughs> oh my. I said, Oh, I was so upset. I said, I don't think I can go to dinner. Um, but we were meeting one of, one of our good friends actually who caddied for Mark for uh, quite some time, Eric Larson. Um, anyway, so, so I made it. We went to dinner and, and I, I, I survived, but, uh, <laughs> he, he definitely roots for Ohio State. Um, first, first and foremost. So,
1: Brenda, you mentioned when you and Mark first started dating, and I and I read that you met Mark at the 2001 Memorial
0: Tournament. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. That's what, 21 years ago. Yeah. So, we, how uh, did you meet him? So it was. It was not like a. A big introduction. I um, was with some friends. I always went to to Meerfield. I mean, that was always, you know, the highlight of our year is going to the memorial. And uh I was waiting on a friend. He went into the clubhouse to use the restroom. So I was waiting on him. We were going to go over and um just hang out afterwards. And Mart was just sitting outside waiting for his brother or someone to pick him up. And I just introduced myself. I said, hey, um, at that time... I had I had been married before, so my last name was very similar to Kalkevichia, with the same last six letters, Ekia. So I, you know, I followed him. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, we're probably distant cousins. I don't know. So (laughs) we, I, I went up to him. I said, hey, you know, I told him my last name and. Um, enjoy watching him play. I say, Hey, you got time? You want to go play nine holes over um, members at the uh, Palmer course up the street, uh, Tartan Field. Kind of looked at me and gave me a weird look and was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and that was it. And I didn't think much of it, but I went the next day and, uh, watched them and followed him. Um, kind of smiled. So I don't know if you saw me and thought, Oh, that's that girl I met the other day, but whatever. Um, and then I, you know, that was it. And then they had the, um, um, Accenture up at, uh, Akron. So, went up to Akron in August, um, which is about an hour and a half from Columbus, and, um, showed up on the 10th hole. And he kind of looked over and gave me a double take, and he's like, well, I think I know that girl. And so, <laughs> Yeah, kind of stopped over and said hi. And I said, Yeah, I met you at the memorial. I introduced myself again. He's like, Oh, cool. And uh, at that time, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think who was catting for. Him. He tells his catty, he tells his catty on the like second hole, or we'll see, we were on 10, so 11 or 12. He says, Cut over, because there's a lot of cutovers on that course. He says, Cut over, tell her not to leave, tell her I'd like to take her to dinner. So, of course, you know, he says that. I said, okay. So I wait for him afterwards. I, um, pick him up. He was waiting for me. I went and got my car. I picked him up and, uh, I was so nervous. We went to dinner, Hyde Park, which was, you know, the big thing there in Akron. And, uh, I think I ate, I ordered a shrimp cocktail and I think I ate one shrimp. I ate a shrimp. <laughs> so, um, but I I gave him my phone number and I said, yeah, I hope, you know, if you ever I, I didn't think he'd ever call me again. So I gave him my phone number and um for anybody that knows me, my handwriting is so bad. So I wrote my number down. I don't hear from him for like a week or so. I was thinking, eh, whatever, he didn't, you know, really care to go out with me or anything. And then I emailed him a couple times. I, I don't know how we finally figured it out, but the phone number I gave him, it was a, like, the three was like, it was 519, but it looked like 579. So he's calling this number 579, this this phone number, <laughs> leaving messages. Hey, if you don't want to go out with me, fine. But, you know, he's getting mad. <laughs> he, he leaves this message. He says, hey, do you, do you want to go to Napa? I'm going to Butch Harmon's wedding. He's leaving all these messages. I'm not getting back to him, but we, we sorted it out. Maybe it took a month for us to figure this whole debacle out. <laughs> we end up going to Butch Harmon's wedding in Napa. I said, hey, let's call that number and tell him we got together. <laughs> we called <laughs> call the number that he was calling the whole time, leaving all these messages. like, hey, we just wanted to let you know we hooked up and we're at Butch Harmon's wedding, thanks. So. <laughs> 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 anyway, and then that was it. I, I mean, we we've probably spoke every day since that day or, you know, since then. So, yeah, so that was, yeah, 20, 21 years ago.
1: Brenda, I also read that after you guys did get together, you were traveling with Mark from tournament to tournament, walking all 18 holes with him. And, and you thought, you know what, I might as well carry the bag since I'm walking all 18 holes with him anyway. Is that is that how it came about that you became his caddy?
0: Um, yeah, yeah, kind of. He, um, so we kind of started at, I think it was Mexico City. It was one of the, it kind of like broke me in at, at a place where it was kind of like international or some place where, you know, he didn't have to worry about getting a caddy. And so I kind of became like the international caddy. So, uh, Korea, we won in Korea back in, I guess I was 05. Um, so it was just kind of like that. He had gone, he goes through caddies. He was like, you know, kind of jumped around, but he had always promised, um, Eric Larson who had caddied for him forever, um, but had gone to prison and that's a whole other story. But, um, he had said, when you get out of prison, you, you know, have a job, you always have a job with me. So I kind of filled in until that happened. And then when Eric got out, Eric had for form for a couple years. They, they won um, in Tampa at the pod. Um, and then Eric went on and got a job with. Um, dude, Anthony um, Kim after that full time.
1: Caddying isn't easy. It's not like you wake up one day and you, and you start to be someone's caddy. There's a, the- Matter First of all, being in shape to not just walk 72 or 90 holes in a week, depending on whether it's a PGA Tour event or a Champions Tour event, plus the Pro-Am, plus the practice rounds. And and then you've got a 50 or 60-pound bag on your back for several miles every day. Talk about how you were able to make that transition and deal with all of that.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I've, I've always been in, in pretty good shape, but nothing really prepares you for that. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was hard. I, I sucked it up. I was, I was carrying that bag and there was no way, you know, I was ever going to admit that it was, it was a lot for me. Um, I, I do remember, you know, a couple really bad times. One of, we played in, um, Jeju Island in Korea one time and it was pouring down rain, but it was so cold, it was like ice pellets. And it was on the side of a, freaking volcano or mountain or something, and i mean i I, cry, I got done, and I just remember crying, thinking, Oh my god how I don't know how I'm gonna do this um but you know you just you just suck it up i mean, thank God, I don't carry the big bag anymore once once you got on the um champions tour, uh, I said if uh, you're riding a cart, I'm taking a um small bag so and and that helped You know, the small bag is is much easier. But, you know, when you have the big bag and you've got all the equipment, you've got your rain suits and you've got extra towels, I mean, especially, you know, in in British Open, I mean, you've got everything in it. It it weighs a lot. No doubt. And Brenda,
1: as his wife, I'm guessing you have a little more leeway to say things to him than a, traditional caddy may can can you get on him more if he's struggling out there in a way that would get somebody else fired Uh,
0: yeah i i absolutely i mean i i think everybody would be scared to death to say you know get your head out of your ass because they don't want (laughs) to lose their job but you know i'm just thinking if he fires me he fires me um I, i don't know what the tally is i think i've been fired several times but i think i've quit a lot more than he's then he fired me. So um <laughs> it, <laughs> I don't think I, I, I've never walked off the course, but I I do remember we got in a huge fight, and I just said the Saturday of staff, um, I said you can find somebody else because I'm not coming out. So, <laughs> so there 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 is that. I mean, obviously, no other caddy would say yeah, find someone else today. I'm not showing up. Um. <laughs> But, but, but we have a great relationship. So obviously, I mean, we're with each other and we're, we're in our motorhome. So I mean, there's no escaping him. I mean, I'm on him with the horse. <laughs> I'm in the bus with him. I can't even, you know, I can't even go in another room. So obviously after 21 years, if, if we can still stand each other, um, it, we were doing something right.
1: How do you keep each other loose and having fun? You know, obviously, golf can be a pretty frustrating, stressful game, particularly when you're out there playing in a major championship on either tour, whether it's the PGA or the Champions Tour, whatever. How do you have fun, and how do you keep it loose and nice when it can be such a frustrating game?
0: Well, I mean, we we he he's, he's the kind of player that he does somebody to tell him a million different things before he hits his his, his shot you know, we'll say, okay, there's a little bit of wind. This is your distance. Um, I mean, we're usually very focused as far as that goes. Um, probably, I mean, I'm the worst at staying serious. Like, I just, I, it's, it's in me to just somehow make someone laugh. Like, well, he, he could be totally serious. Um and there's always going to be stuff for just a second, you know, um, not not to disturb and not to um, get them off track, but just, just something to lighten it up. Brenda, I read
1: that back at the 2009 Open Championship at Turnberry, that you actually broke your foot when you stepped in a hole coming up the ninth fairway <laughs> and you knew you broke it. But you didn't tell Mark because he was playing so well. You didn't want to distract him with that. Mark was only one back after the second round. That was the year Tom Watson nearly won it at age 59. But how were you able to deal with the pain and not let Mark know what happened?
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was scary because the ground is super hard there. And there's, you know, um, it was kind of like a little like a, a pathway. And I remember feeling it. I remember almost hearing it. And I was like, "Oh my god!" And I have had stress fractures. I have had a lot of issues with my feet and my um, ankles. And I just knew. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And I had friends there. And I I remember going over there. And go, I just think I broke my foot. And he's like, "What?" I go, "I think I broke my foot." And we. You know, there was nothing to do. I just kept going. Um, that night we had to go out to dinner and I put on some high heels. And believe it or not, I think the high heels helped take the pressure off of it. Um, that whole week I just tied that shoe so tight and again sucked it off. And we were taking the plane back to Canada. So we always had like a, a flight that would go from, um, the British Open to the Canadian Open. Um, and we got on that flight. I took my shoe off, and I knew I couldn't put the shoe back on because my foot was so swollen. I said, um, I'm going to fly back to Miami once we get there. I think I broke my foot. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, he had no idea. I said, yeah. And it was so swollen, there was no way I could even put a shoe back on. And uh, so we got, I don't know if we flew into Toronto, or wherever we did. I just... um. Booked a flight back to Miami. So, but <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's just adrenaline. It's 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 just what you do. It's you know, it's, it's it, look at Tiger getting through with a broken. Let his his leg was broken. I mean, you just you don't think about those things when you're in the moment and you're, you know, you're you're in a British Open. It's not going to stop. I don't want him to worry about me. And Brenda,
1: speaking of the British Open. Earlier this year, you and Mark made your final appearance in the Open Championship at St. Andrews. Talk about that experience and what it was like to share in the moment when Mark got to have that final wave to the fans from the Swilkin Bridge.
0: Yeah, that was so cool. Um, We've got the um, we were there when um, uh, Jack Nicklaus did it um, and Faldo and I just, I kind of Always had that in my head, wouldn't that be the coolest thing if that's where he has his last um british open and it it wasn't looking like that was gonna work out, but because of covid and then he had back surgery um it somehow worked out that we were able to make that his last open appearance and um the whole week leading up to it, you know we just we had the kids with us and um um our son in law and it was you know, it was, we rented a great place and we were just enjoying every moment of it. Um, you know, you get teary eyed and it's just, gosh, there's just so much history and it's just, if, if you're going to go out, um, that's the place. And I'm just so happy. I'm so honored that I got to be there and actually stand on the bridge with him. So, um, and, and that's history. It's, it was just so cool. Um, I, Feel bad, You know, he's having knee issues, and he just couldn't play the potential that he really wanted to. But um, it, it surely was an amazing uh, week for us. And, Brenda, the,
1: the print and social media these days are very negative entities at times. They haven't always been kind or accurate, oh, by the way, to you guys, particularly over there at the <laughs> Open Championship. I, I didn't appreciate it on your behalf for how they tried to portray that moment on the Swilkin Bridge. How do you deal with the media when they're really just looking for clickbait?
0: So um, I'm trying to remember what year it was we were at, I believe, Berkdale. Really bad. And this is for social media. So back then, and I had, you know, they had always whatever been a big deal that I was padding out there. So, you know, I kind of always dealt with it and try not to read stuff or get upset. I mean, I don't want to say I didn't sign up for that, but, you know, whatever. So we decided one the morning of, um, same morning at Birkdale, it was, you know, 7 o'clock tea time or 6.30 tea time. It was just miserable. And he's like, just don't even come out. I'll get somebody there. There's no way you can do this with the umbrella, and it's blowing 50 this way. So I just stayed at the hotel. Well. My I have a girlfriend that actually lives in England, and she calls me up. She's like, what's going on? I said, what do you mean? She said, oh, my God, they're on the radio talking about how you guys had a fight, and you didn't show up, and he can't find a caddy. I'm like, what? So back then, there wasn't any social media for me to at least voice exactly what happened. So I think the incident that you're referring to was they had said that Mark, either tripped, which I think he did kind of trip up. I wasn't paying that much attention when he got onto the bridge but, you know, we we kissed and whatever and then I don't know, they said I snubbed him, whatever it was, at least with social media now, I can at least voice what actually happened, whereas back then I had no voice and I couldn't say anything and all these people think I'm an idiot. So, at least now there's you know, you're able to defend yourself with social media, I think.
1: And Brenda, you made mention of the back surgery that Mark had, and, and uh, now he's looking at knee replacement surgery. Talk about the, the impact that the game has, has had on Mark, and and uh, what's next for him?
0: Well, if, <laughs> if he were a horse, I think we would have shot him by now. He, um, <laughs> I mean, the back surgery... Oh my gosh. So um finally now after years and years of having such bad back pain and he's always had epidurals and he's had um rhizotomies, the back surgery seemed to have finally done its job and then like two months ago he's like, Yeah, my knees are really killing me goes and they said, Yeah, you've got bone on bone, you're gonna need a knee replacement And it's just like you know we're, we're, we're on borrowed time and we all know that it, it, on the Champions Tour. The young guys come out, they, you know, hit it like Padrick forever and ever. They, they, they kill the ball and, you know, he's lost distance. He's lost stamina. Um, hopefully if he gets a knee replacement and, you know, we can get in a little better shape. Well, maybe we can play for another few more years and, uh, get something out of it. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it beats you up. You know, these guys now, they don't play as much as, as Mark did. I mean, he played every week. He played all the time. And, you know, he's not in the greatest shape. So that takes a toll on your body. Um. So, yeah, we're hoping that this knee replacement, you know, gets him a few more years. Otherwise, I'm just going to be a full-time. I don't know.
1: Friend, <laughs> <laughs> a couple more before I let you go. And earlier, I believe it was this year, I saw the video of you stretching with Miguel Angel Jimenez. And his routine is a bit unorthodox, but clearly works for him. Is that how you stretch out now
0: before the start of a round? <laughs> I, well, I don't play that much anymore. Um, it, it become a job as opposed to something I, before I met Mark, I was, you know, 36 a day. I loved playing. So I don't really play too much, but I do plan, um, which I'm going to miss this year. Um, we do a, a caddy tournament every year at SAS in North Carolina. So I'm kind of sad to miss that, but, um, no, that was just some of the guys watch us. We were actually, that was, I think that was out at, um, Gosh, where, where was that? Um, wherever. Well, we were. he was watching us, so we were playing in the caddy tournament, and I said, you know, here, help me warm up. So um, I did my warm-up with him. Um, it was interesting. I couldn't keep up with him. He, he's flexible. <laughs> he Brenda, RV
1: life is something I'm trying to talk my wife into into us doing. I keep trying to convince her that we need to get rid of all our stuff, buy an RV and we're going to live wherever it is we park that day. Talk about RV life for, for you guys. I know that's how you, you guys go from tournament to tournament.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know why we didn't do it sooner. Um, I'm, I'm a huge germaphobe. So every hotel we went to, I had to have my own seat. I would ship sheets ahead of time and then have them clean and ship a separate sheet. I mean it was just a disaster, so finally, and we have dogs, so we're like, "Why are we not driving a motor home? So we rented one for a month to try it out when we got on the Champions tour, and we knew like the second day this is us, this is so us um and I mean it has tons of issues. you've got to be able to just deal with it because. I mean, that's a that's a whole other story of all the crazy things that happen to us, but we know we love it and it's it's the way we can be with our dogs, it's the way you're not on somebody else's schedule. I don't have to worry about missing a flight, I don't have to worry about getting there two hours ahead of time, security. You know, you're in your own home. It, we've got two bathrooms, a king size bed, a nice big closet. TVs everywhere, washer, dryer. I mean, we have a fireplace. I mean, it's, wow. It's better than any hotel room. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, we love it and we tow our, we have a, um, wagoneer, a Jeep wagoneer. We tow behind it. Um, so we're everywhere we go. We're either in the Walmart, we stay, we stay at KOAs, we stay at people's houses, we park it in people's driveways. Um but it's a fun it's a fun life out there like that. We kind of really enjoy it meeting new people and you know, you got a week off, you go from that's how we found Highlands, North Carolina. We had a week off and we spent a week there and fell in love with it. Um yeah, it's just it's it's a great way to see the world instead of just, you know, going from hotel to hotel, airport to airport. You actually get to see everything. See the people, see Tons of places. We 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 really love it.
1: And you mentioned the issues. I I got to imagine it's not like owning a, a car or an SUV because it's kind of like a house on wheels. And and with a house, something always needs fixing, repaired, attended to. I'm assuming it's it's sort of that way with the RV as well.
0: Always something. And then when you add dogs, so our bulldog ate both our seats. So right now it's in the shop getting fixed. <laughs> so both our seats were they she ate both of those, she ate all the knobs off of the like air conditioning and the radio. <laughs> oh my. So I mean that's that's not normal stuff, but normal stuff is, you know, your your sensors aren't working or you know, we couldn't get our slide in, so we drove with a slide out for sixty miles or I mean, there's so many. We could write a book on all the craziness that happens. Um, but I, I would choose to do it every single week, no matter what, because it's just, it's, it's just a better way for us. It's not for everybody. I mean, if you want room service and if you want someone to, to, you know, make your bed and maid service and, you know, no, it's not for you, but Mark loves driving, big key. Um, and, And we just have fun with it.
1: And you're also in the real estate business. Talk about that.
0: Well, I mean, it's actually been great because he hasn't been playing much, and it's given me time to uh, work on that. Um, I I did some flips. I bought a few houses and renovated them. Um, Flipped them. I like to do a lot of the work myself. Um, and it just down here in Jupiter in. Palm Beach, we've got so many golf clubs. And if you're coming from another area and you don't know, you know, you're like making a commitment when you come here. Because if you join a country club, they're not all really equity anymore. You're going to invest, you know, a 100-something grand. You better find the right club. So I kind of, you know, my background, I'm a CPA. So I'm really analytical. And I kind of just came up with a spreadsheet. And it was a way to ask people what was important to them when they're looking for a country club. You know, do they have a boat? Do they need pickleball, tennis, a pool, um, kids' activities? It kind of narrows it down and gives you a little bit of an idea of what would be better for them when they come and um, decide on what kind of club they want to join. So it, it, it's the real estate caddy. I, I I choose the club for you. I help you choose your club. How about that? There you go,
1: Brenda. Before I let you go, remind our listeners again how can they stay up to date with all that you and Mark are doing and follow you, whether it's online or it's over social media.
0: Um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So, uh, Brenda Kalk, and um, I, I guess I'm on Instagram. I think it goes through my Facebook. So, um, uh, the same thing on Instagram, Brenda Kalk. And um, yeah, that's about it. I'm 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 pretty pretty active and just try and keep people posted because I think some of the things that happen to us are, are kind of funny <laughs> and entertaining at least. Indeed.
1: Well, Brenda, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come and be a part of the show. I hope I get the privilege of having you come back again sometime real soon.
0: All right, you got it, Chris. Thank you for having me.
1: You bet. Thank you, Brenda. All the best to you and Mark.
0: All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye.
1: See ya. That is Brenda Calcavecchia at Brenda Kalk on Twitter and Instagram. And I can see why Mark said she's his funnier half. What a wonderful lady and a talent on top of that. And a personality that we could use a whole lot more of in this game. I hope this is the first time of many visits that we get to have with Brenda. Friends, I want to remind you about a couple of more of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies, and their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. The patented Joey Pouch technology delivers maximum comfort, Use code NEXTT20, that's N-X-T-T-E-E-20, for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. We deal with a lot on the golf course, whether you're teeing off in front of a crowd, hitting a four iron after a rain delay, trying to figure out wind direction, or second guessing club selection. It's easy for your mind to race. That's exactly what drove Golf Pride to create the all new CPX. It's made with a unique EXO diamond quilted pattern, reducing vibration in your hands on every shot. The EX diamond quilted pattern really helps your hands sink into the club on every shot, giving you maximum comfort because when your hands are comfortable, you're comfortable. CPX is available now on golfride.com or at your local retailer. That is Brenda Kalkavecchia, at Brenda Kalk on Twitter and Instagram. And Mark was right when he told me she's his more entertaining half. I can see why he says that she keeps him laughing every day and that he's a lucky man. What a great lady and a personality that we need more of in this game. I hope this is the first of many visits that we are blessed with Brenda on the show. She's fantastic. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. My sincere thanks again to Tom Patry, Allison Fillmore, and Brenda Kalkovecchia for joining me. Scheduled to join me next week are former tour player and Golf Channel host Charlie Reimer will be back, owner and editor of MilwaukeeSportsGeek.com Chris Carter will join me, the former drummer for many years, in Billy Joel's band, Liberty DeVito, will be making his next On the T debut. Very excited to have Liberty as part of the show, plus the founder and CEO of Squares Golf, Bob Winskiewicz, will be back with me as well. So it's going to be a great show, folks. I hope you come back and be a part of it with us. You can listen to this show as a podcast on just about every major podcasting app out there. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Acast, Google Podcasts, Audioboom, Player.fm, Podbean. Folks, if you've got a favorite podcasting app, we're probably on that one, too. Just type in Next on the T on the search bar. You'll probably find us on there. Please check out our website, NextOnTheT.net, to see what our upcoming guest schedule looks like. Plus. You're going to find links on there to recent episodes and individual guest segments. So whether you've got 20 minutes or two hours, we're going to have great free content on there available for you. Friends, I can't thank you all enough again for choosing to listen to this show again this week. I know there are a lot of great golf podcasts out there for you to choose from. I am very thankful that you continue to make Next on the Tee one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.